Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, the podcast that helps instructional technology coaches out and helps them with their professions. Today, we're going to be talking all about your website. Today, we're going to be talking all about your personal relationships. Today, we're going to be talking about all the different hats that you as a tech coach wear. This is our second Ask the Tech Coach roundtable. Yes, we have three amazing tech coaches on the show today to talk about the great things that are happening in the world of instructional tech coaches. But Nick, before we bring our guests on, we had a lot of reactions to our show last week where we talked about our different methods of professional development. What kind of things did you hear, Nick? So I think a lot of people like the fact that we were touching on, you know, talking about online and talking about the physical workshops that uh, we hold when we run our professional development, but that a lot of other tech coaches run. I think they also appreciated the fact that we were talking about uh, creating the flipped videos. And if that works, like being honest, like will your staff actually view those videos and, and how long of a video clip uh, will they you know, pay attention to. And then I think the other idea was when we talked about, you know, small groups versus whole groups um, versus, you know, lunch and learn style stuff. So I think we touched on a lot of topics and I think the feedback was good that we were kind of differentiating between what were the the key points that a lot of tech coaches uh, utilize in their arsenal. And, you know, I got to say, Nick, we got a lot of feedback both on Twitter and also in our emails. And again, this is Ask the Tech Coach, guys. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. You can also find us on email at feedback at teachercast.net or leave us a voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Now, again, Nick, last time we talked a little about the one-to-one use of professional development, but you had also said people were asking about those online courses. Hey, Nick, you're creating an online course right now, aren't you? I am. And, you're, and it's a process. It's a process, <laughs> right? We're, we're right yeah. now we're in the middle of launching our online course to teach tech coaches how to tech coach in a learning management system. Absolutely. What about your course? So this is going to be, you know, roughly seven to eight week course. Um, You know what? It's tricky. It's just trying to figure out, you know, how much is enough. Uh, The idea that, you know, when are teachers actually going to be viewing this or tech coaches, whoever's going to kind of be utilizing uh, this online training course Um, and just taking into consideration, you know, what if a teacher is on a prep or on a lunch and they only have about 10 minutes to spare? What are the key points that I want them to take away? Um, But what's been kind of fun is when you start diving into learning management systems and just talking about how to create PD using them or how to best, you know, utilize them in the classroom, just kind of taking a step back and looking and talking about kind of methodology and learning theories and all those things, all the kind of the science behind learning management systems. And it's a fun thing to consider. And I thought that that was a neat thing to kind of put in our courses. So I'm hoping it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting and uh, informative, you know, course to take. It's going to be a great course, as Nick said, you know, seven to eight week course, all about how to be a tech coach with learning management systems. And I bet everybody out there saying, how do I check this out? I have a learning management system, but the only way that you can check it out is by joining our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. Right now, we are in the middle of our first week, our first, really our first month together with our cohort. We are having a great time. We're going to be starting up our second group in January, where we're going to have our full assaults of online courses, resources, exclusive podcasts, and all of that great stuff. But stay tuned to our show to learn more about the great things that are happening on our Tech Coach Mastermind. We would love to have you be a part of it in 2019. Now, Nick, let's get into our roundtable. I want to introduce our guest for the day. Our first guest is a uh, not a stranger to the TeacherCast Educational Network. I want to bring on <laughs> Jennifer Judkins. Jen, how are you today? Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good to see you guys. Thanks, Jeff. It is so good to see you here. What has been going on with Jennifer Judkins? Well, we I can't believe it's already October. We're having a great start to our year. We launched a one-to-one program in my district, and um, it's been going really well so far, getting uh, great feedback from teacher focus groups. So it's been an exciting time in Lexington. Now, I am so happy to have you on because you and I have been doing a lot of tech coaching throughout the years, but recently you became a tech, uh, what is your current position? So I'm a director of technology, so I lead a team of operations staff and also a team of seven digital learning coaches in the district that I work in. That is amazing, and I'm so happy that you're here, and thank you for coming on to share this stuff. What is happening with your website? You've got a pretty awesome tech coach website. 
Well, thanks. Um, I, it really helps me to keep myself organized and share out the things that I'm doing so that when I do meet with teachers, both in my district and in my work consulting in other districts, it's really easy to be able to pull together resources that I can leave people with so that in addition to that face-to-face -face interaction time, they feel like they have something to go back to and reference. So I find that to be um, something that people appreciate. Very nice. Uh, Nick, why don't you introduce our next guest? Sure. So Stephen Rayo is a friend of mine, and we've done a lot of work recently, and he's a tech coach and uh, slash uh, technology teacher at Howell. So Steve, you want to talk about a little bit about yourself and what you're up to and what you've been working on? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great to join you tonight. My name's Stephen Rayo. As Nick was saying, I'm a computer science teacher in New Jersey, where part of my schedule has built in time to be that person that goes around you know the school helping integrate the technology sharing the different tools and you know working with nick along the way you know creating a bunch of different modules uh lately in the summer i was able to go out to the school g next user conference where i was able to give a keynote on digital citizenship out there so that was a fun summer ending that is pretty awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. We look forward to hearing all about the great things that you're doing. I want to bring on one last person onto the show today, Miss Sadie Lewis, an instructional innovation specialist from Missouri. Sadie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. You have a, a, a quite a quite quite a task in front of you you've got a lot of school districts sorry a lot of schools in your school districts don't you yeah so i am in the melville school district which is in suburban st louis missouri and i have um, 17 buildings so we have about um about eleven thousand kids 750 teachers uh so in our area we're like a mid-sized district we're not that big um but i'm the only person in my position in the district so i serve all 17 buildings um so like for tomorrow for example i start my day with seniors and I end my day in second grade. So uh, that's kind of, that's my day-to-day -day is uh, just all over the district in all different capacities. So I do professional development and I um, am in classrooms helping uh uh, modeling lessons and co-teaching and planning and um, it's busy but it's like the best kind of busy I love it <laughs> and welcome everybody to the show thank you guys for being on the panel today if you're out there listening and want to be on our next panel please reach out to us on Twitter at ask the tech coach or of course email us over at feedback at teachercast.net we would love to have you on here now Sadie brings up a good point here Nick she's in a lot of schools and in fact I want to go back to one of the amazing tech coaches in our mastermind who's got 26 schools that she deals with and jennifer of course is now in charge of many many tech coaches there's one thing that everybody here has in common and that's they need to be in more than one spot at the same time and if anybody here is listening through their radio sadie's head is shaking vigorously going yes we need to be all over the place talk to us a little bit about tech coach websites guys a few weeks ago we had the, we, we did this as a topic and we talked a little bit about the reasons why we need one why we have one but i want to hear what you guys think about the sadie the tech coach website is there an art to it and what should a tech coach website look like um i mean i really think that um whenever you're you're building it and putting out resources i think it needs to be something that teachers can um use right away it's something that they can they know what they're looking for they can go there find it and and use it quickly um especially like you said if we have to be in, in more than one place at one time i not i may not be able to sit next to that teacher and show them how to use something so it needs to be user friendly and um and really something that they can use i think you know, right away with their kiddos or just in their in their practice in general. I think that those are really great points. And I, I think that when you are trying to be lots of different places, and as I said earlier in the introduction, I think that sometimes even when you have the opportunity for face-to-face -face time, um, teachers may not go back to that that um, skill or task for quite some time and may forget. And I, I find that teachers really appreciate a website um, that gives them the opportunity to kind of find what they need and be able to help themselves uh, themselves back through a process that maybe you even sat down and and work with them because teachers do want to be able to be independent with the skills that they learn but um, you know they're they're balancing so many different things it's important to provide them with resources that they can reference so I, I find that that is something that people really appreciate 
And I think with like how you just said with building skills, I think it's really important to like build that capacity in our teachers and make it so they don't rely on us um, so much so that once they get those resources, they can follow through and and become confident um, to go on to the next thing and really, um, you know, kind of taking it into their own hands and, and, and learning, you know, learning on their own even. And what's nice with it is they can always come back to those resources at any time. So if another teacher says to them who they're more comfortable with at their grade level, hey, where can I get that information? That teacher then becomes a teacher leader by pointing out to their direction, like where to go for additional help. Now, what goes into making these resources? Is it all about how much tech can we throw in there? Is it a little bit of a, you know, some tech, some curriculum, some helpful hints and things? What, what is the, the proper recipe for a good tech coach site? Steven, so I guess I'll jump. Yeah, <laughs> I'll start it off, but then I'll kind of gear it toward the others. Because I think, Jeff, I think we've kind of gone back and forth on this, you know, and had a lot of people kind of ask, what are the things that we put in our our sites and i and and i always think of it as like sort of like multiplicity like how can i duplicate myself enough time so that i can kind of be everywhere at once and thinking of it like you know what are the key things that the teachers want i always find what's kind of interesting for me is always tying it back to our district and our building goals and if there's a way that i can tie the tech tools or the learning or the you know methodology back to whatever our district is trying to promote I just find that to be a, a something that that teacher is always looking for because they know they're going to be evaluated or going to be you know their admin is going to be looking for those key ideas. Absolutely, and I think um, kind of like you said, tying it to either um, you know the curriculum or the building or district goals. Um, anytime I create any kind of a little tutorial or anything like that, you know maybe the first half of the page is you know screenshots of how to use it, and at the bottom I'll say here's an idea of how you can use it, um, you know, in a science classroom, or here's an idea of how you can use it in third grade or whatever. So that if I send it out to the whole district or if it's available to the whole district, everybody that looks at it can find at least one way that it applies to their classroom. So that way, like they're you know you've got them like on your side i guess um (laughs) that way they're they're more willing to keep you know keep going with it that's a good point and i'll tell you what i think that's such a powerful piece i think that when you add i I like doing that on like my crib sheets or like tip sheets and and even when i send out tech tips it's just the idea of like so what if you know history used this when they did this and science did this and and english could use this tool to do this and and it just provides them with just like that spark or enough of enough of an idea to maybe then kind of seek you back out mm-hmm. and uh you know let's take that idea you had or you posted a little bit further so when it comes to making a website do you guys have a platform of choice we we, <laughs> we had so many teachers and tech coaches email us saying you know they do theirs on a google site or they use weebly or wordpress um sadie what do you what do you make your tech coach website on um so i use like my website that i that i use is through wordpress um i just like it i like the way the you know the abilities that it gives me i like i like wordpress i like the way it looks i guess um but honestly if i'm putting together if i have a whole day workshop with teachers where i'm going to be giving them lots of resources and lots of links and things um i do put that all together in one big google site for them so that way i can like kind of publish as I go and like, you know, add things as I go and hit publish. So that way I don't have to keep, you know, um, posting new things or, you know, whatever to WordPress. So if I'm just doing something within my district and it's a whole day PD, I typically do use Google sites just because, you know, you can embed docs, you can embed videos. Um, It's just a little bit more user friendly and and quick, I think. So one vote for WordPress, one vote for Google sites. Jennifer, what do you use? (laughs) Well, you know what I'm going to say. And actually, I feel like I could just say what she said, um, Sadie, because... (laughs) I have I use WordPress personally for my um, my own site, but I also think that Google Sites is just super flexible and teachers can feel successful very quickly. And so I use it in my own uh, work if I'm doing kind of a specialty site for a specific kind of collection of resources, as you mentioned. And it's also what I recommend for teachers creating their own websites. I think the key here, Jeff, is that whatever you're comfortable with is going to allow you to focus on creating more content and that's what you should be picking because I I think that you can get really quickly down a rabbit hole and be frustrated if it doesn't look good and spending lots of time on the the appearance of it. And while that's important, you can get a great appearance from a a platform like Google Sites. And yet, um, you know, if 
if you're spending lots of time trying to make a WordPress site look good and that's not a comfort level for you, then then that's going to take away from the time that you have to build resources for teachers. I, I totally agree. Like the idea is, you know, for PD, quick, dirty, and effective, right? Like there's no need, like just yeah. take Google Slides, for instance, going into a Google Slide, finding the embed code, copying the embed code, pasting the embed code, going into WordPress. It's just so much easier to do everything on site. Stephen, what do you use? You know, like Jen was saying, that comfort level for teachers, especially when teachers, they don't have a lot of time to find, you know, different resources versus a website. I'm actually using our learning management system as my quote unquote website. This way, teachers are one click away where they simply go into a professional development course that I have and they just have pages. I have pages set up for them, such as the six step guide to Flipgrid in your classroom the five-step guide to play posit in your math, you know, uh, activities. So this way, having that learning management system, they're always in it, so they're one click away instead of worrying about, hey, let me go off and type in his website and make sure I get there. For the teachers that have that system, they're one click away. Sadie, what about you? Very similar um, to what she said. I uh, use my my site to kind of um, you know showcase some of the things that I'm doing in in the classrooms with with teachers. Um, but my district knows that any of the videos that I um, create that I may send out to our our staff, I'm going to put that on my you know I'm using my YouTube page or my YouTube channel and that might get tweeted out or it might get put on my website or, or whatever the case is. And, and they're okay with that. They know that um, a lot of the stuff that I create um, for PD in our district, it is, it's created within my district drive. Um, but I also will post links to it. You know, if it's something that I think other people can use um, there have been times though, that I've been um, asked to come and work for other, you know, consult with other districts. And in those times um, I do, I kind of have to create the same thing twice yeah like re, you know recreate it kind of separately from uh from my district uh because you know it's it's not on district time or resources um but yeah for the most part i kind of let things live in multiple places and i don't know like i don't know if that's honestly i don't know if that's the best practice or not uh, it hasn't become a problem yet <laughs> the question always comes up who owns that content right like this is something we've talked a lot about on multiple podcasts here right if you're going to create something for teaching forward that you're you know that really you are going to be using in your job now i know you said you 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 create it at home but what teacher doesn't work on things at home right but you're using it in your position so do you own it does your school own it sadie says that she takes the the material and sometimes she makes two copies but really it's the same yeah. material nick what do you think about all this stuff because you've You've, you're creating things for school, and you've also got the learning management stuff, but you've also got your cheat sheets that you're creating for your teachers. Do you consider all those cheat sheets property of school or property of Nick? And remember, people are listening to this. Go ahead. <laughs> so, no, I, th I think that's – there's a lot of tricky pieces. I think, you know – when are you doing it? Whose time are you doing it on? What device or account am I logged into when I create those pieces? I think I've just learned over time that it's easier to create a lot of stuff on my personal account and on my personal time and share that with my work me. And I've just found that as sort of like the just the practice that I've now become accustomed to. Granted, am I at work creating stuff? Yeah, there are times when I do that. And I think that I already know that that's the audience that I'm, you know, giving that to. So it's already personalized or tailored to my district and whatnot. Um, you know, as far as my website, I, I've actually, it's funny because this is a good question because this is something I've been kind of contemplating is, you know, when I send out a tech tip, well, should I just post that on my own blog as well and just kill, you know, kind of the two birds with one stone and be able to send it out to both platforms. But, um, you know, I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to handle that. One thing I will say about my site is sort of like Steve, I use, you know, I do use my learning management system. I do have an, a site that I post tech tips and stuff onto. Um, but that site was kind of built. One of my ideas was to have that built more organically through the staff themselves. So the tech tips that come in are things that are provided as far as ideas or things we've been working on that week. Then a tech tip comes out the next week on whatever it was that one of the teachers was working on. Um, and it's a lot of sharing stuff. So a lot of the things that are on there are teachers showing things they've done or projects they've worked on. Um, 
so you know I wanted to be more tailored to district that way as well. But I think this is this is a good a good thing for a lot of tech coaches because Jeff, I feel like we've had this kind of discussion a few times, and and everyone sort of offers a little piece that's that's slightly different than than the previous. I, I think it's an important topic, you know, and, and you know, let's take my position here with TeacherCast. Is it a tech coach site? Is it a portfolio resource? Is it a business? Are we all making money on these things? Are we getting revenue ads on our YouTube channel? And should we be taking that video and sending it to our own teachers who, of course, are going to then jack up the hits on our videos? There's a lot of stuff in here. Steven, you have the right answer. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my right answer is, you know, like Sadie was saying, like she has her own YouTube channel. Uh, you know, everything that I do outside of school, it's done on my own, you know, computer. It's not the school computer. I'm going to be creating it with my Final Cut Studio that I paid for. Um, I really want to keep that separate. You have to keep that separate. If I'm using an account, like Nick said, I'm not going to use a school account. Once you use a school account, school device, that's your school property. You know, that's the school property right there. So I think it's very important when you have a website, you have, you know, a YouTube account, making sure that you separate that, you know, school from the, the professional aspect that you have. Well, let me ask one quick question before we switch over to our next topic. If we take Sadie's example of let's create two copies, right? And let's say we're going to do a screencast on how to <laughs> do something, right? You're not going to create a video using Final Cut and then go back and create the same video using a free copy of Screencastify and your school account. You're going to create the same video and then at what point well, does insanity happen here? Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff, I think I think sort of like as we've kind of all hinted, if you have sort of the two accounts – and I think it kind of goes back to something I said. I think just if I create it on my personal account, I'm okay with sharing it with my work account. But at least now I know it is mine. I've created it with my account on my device or whatever it is that way. And I don't have to run into, well, this is only now my district-owned piece. I, I don't think I have the right answer. Sadie sounded really good. <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm going to go with a variety I, of these answers. I remix things. So if I, you know, I have sure. a pretty big, you know, comprehensive, um, you know, project-based learning uh, PD that lives over in my personal drive, but I do a lot of PBL PD within my district as well. And so I know if we're looking at assessment today over in Melville, I can go and pull pieces and remix that into something new for Melville, or I can look at just, you know, building culture around projects or whatever. Um, and I can pull bits and pieces from stuff I already have created over on my personal drive. And again, I don't know if that's the best practice, but it's it's the best well, I can even, come up with right now. On Twitter, on Twitter, a lot of people on their profiles it says, "My tweets are my own view." Yeah, you know, but and that, that doesn't stop them from getting fired either, right? right? Like, <laughs> like everybody's tweets are their own point of view, even comments, of course, right? Of like course. it's all there. Yeah. I mean, Yay, I have hashtag Melville in my profile, so I know that I'm representing my district. Right. You know? Now, now, Sadie, the the account that you and I have been communicating on, is that your Sadie account? Is that your tech coach account? Do you have that's, one account that just goes back and forth? Yeah, that's just my personal um, account. So if I, you know, if, if anything that's not my school district stuff, that's my my personal account. Yeah, that's what I use for that's what's my, my blog posts and everything connect to that that account. Yeah. OK, let's clear the air. <laughs> um, and that's why I love doing these roundtables, and and that's why I, you know, even I'm just sitting here going, you know, seven years ago, TeacherCast was founded on just having a bunch of teachers on and having a good little kvetch about these things. Next topic I want to talk about here is building relationships. It's one of the hardest things that we have. Uh, Sadie had mentioned earlier, I think before the recording started, that when she became a tech coach, she was a teacher in her district. And so everybody knew her. There's a comfort level. The administration basically chose her to come out of their herd and become this leader in professional development. I know with Nick, he was brought into his school district as a tech coach, and he had to filter his way through that. Same thing with Jennifer. A little bit different because you're an admin. And, and obviously with Steven, you are a teacher slash trainer slash everything. Um, Sadie, what, what tips and tricks and advice do you have for, let's just say, somebody coming out of the classroom 
Um, because I want to talk about the other end of you know moving into a school district. That that's that's always that's I think more difficult, right? Yeah. But um, you know, building relationships with those teachers that you train. You're kind of in charge of them, but you have to be their friend. But maybe you're in their association, but you still have to talk to their administration about their progress. Lay it on me. How do you do it? Um. So I think that you know my my biggest thing whenever I like I said when I came out of the classroom, it was um knowing that everything that we talked about, everything that we did, everything's in confidence. So if we, you know, if we, if we try something in the classroom and it just doesn't go well, or we were planning for something and it doesn't go well, it's, that's between you and me. Like, that's not something that I'm going to run to your principal and say like, oh, we tried this thing, but it didn't work. Like I would never, you know, I would never do that. Um, and so really building that, that trust with teachers and knowing that, um, everything we do, um, is in confidence and then it's not going to leave that room or whatever. Um, and also I think it's important to, you know, know that all of our teachers are different. And so the way that we approach them and the way that we talk to them and the way that we plan with them has to be different the same way you know we, we talk a lot about differentiating for our kiddos um but we also i think owe that to our teachers as well um to approach you know approach their professional development and approach their supports um in different ways because everybody learns differently and everybody communicates differently and um you know it has different personalities um and i think respecting that and um, acknowledging that goes a long way with teachers with just people in general <laughs> So, I mean, I'm in a different boat, but I know, Steve, you're kind of in a similar, you know, role as far as, you know, you're not at, you haven't been removed from the district. You're still, you're a teacher within there providing PD um, in a dual role. So can you talk a little bit about, because you're, you're sort of there with Sadie as well. I don't want to move on to sort of Jen and I think we're slightly different as, you know, from that. Yeah, I mean, what's great with, you know, still being in that computer science role, a lot of the kids, they're learning, you know, the the key things around the computer within the classroom, in my classroom, and then we're bringing that into the teachers, you know, their classroom teacher. And what that's doing is providing that teacher with extra confidence because their kids already know how to use a variety of tools or features. They already know how to use Google Docs, you know, clever, different systems like that. Uh, but as far as like professional development, Jeff, you said it great last week on your last podcast. You know, when you're in the hallway, you're not always talking about tech to a teacher. You're talking to them about everything, you know, getting to know them on that personal level, building relationships before you go, hey, let's talk about this tool and how it will be great for your classroom. Like, let that just form naturally. And that's always difficult when you're the new person because you're mm -hmm. brought into a school district. You know, Sadie and I are, are similar in this. So we had to create these positions. She created it from inside the district. I can't created it as being a new person to the district, but the teachers are still looking at you going, okay, what are you? Who are you? What are the expectations? How does this work? And then you walk up and go, hey, how is your wife and kids? And you're going, no, I don't have any any agenda here. I just want to get to know you. And those are hard things. Sadie, do you find that hard? Even though you might have had, you know, long-term relationships with some of these? Yeah, I was a middle school teacher. And so I, you know, love that middle school world. And so I think I had some of that going into elementary schools because it was kind of, it was both, well, we don't really know you that well, but also you don't know elementary school, you know? And so um, building relationships with them, it did, it, it took a while and it's it's taken a while to really get into the elementary schools a lot. Um, and I think a lot of it goes to, like you said, it's um, showing that you, them that you care about them as people um, before, you know, going on to, oh, hey, let me show you this really cool tech tool. Right. Um, and I know that like a lot of times we kind of become, um, when we talk about being their colleague or being their friend and being friends with them, um, sometimes it becomes very easy to be that person that they um, want to commiserate with and maybe, like complain about other things that are going on. Um, and, um, and I think making sure that you give them that space to like let their frustrations out, but not let it go to like that negative space. Well, it's it's difficult, I think, with this because as a tech coach, right? Like, and, and I and I love going through everybody's bio and, and stuff here. Like, I consider I'm called tech coach. Uh, Sadie, what was your title again? You're an innovation. It's instructional innovation specialist. Okay. Whatever that means. Ooh, I like that, that title, means. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jennifer, what what do you call the people that you work with? So we call them digital learning coaches. Digital learning coaches, and and Stephen, uh, what do you consider yourself? I'm a I'm officially a computer teacher. Okay, and Nick? I'm a staff developer. 
Right. And the differences are here. Nick has a 12-month position as an administrator. Jennifer has a 12-month position as an administrator. Sadie and I get to have our summers off. Ha, ha. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but we do get to wear these different hats, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting as we look here, right? We're colleagues. We're trainers. We're association members. Even, you know, everybody here still has that administrative type thing because we're creating a program to provide to somebody, but we're also ambassadors to the community. And I, and I say that as, you know, sometimes like for myself, I'll, I'll do training with our parent student organizations, right? So I'll do PSO training on how to do Google apps. But I'm also the ambassador of what the outside world looks at. Like the outside world is doing a ton of Flipgrid I know about Flipgrid. I'm going to bring that into the school district. So I say I see myself as the ambassador from beyond to move in here. Uh, Stephen, you're, you're, because you're a computer teacher and you train and you do the other things, how do you handle all of those different hats um, in your position? I mean, I think it's great. Uh, within my district, I have a, a great support team from the principal to my supervisor. You know, it from the top of the superintendent to throughout it's a great support system and everyone backs each other up so i may be in the classroom with students about say like 60 percent of the time the other time you know it's it's known that i'm going to be going around to classrooms you know working with teachers uh working with my principal on different um topics so i mean it i think you need a great support system and a great understanding within your district Jen, what do you think? Cause, uh, and talk to us from the point of view of when you were a tech coach wearing all the hats to now your administrator wearing all the same hats. Maybe one's a little bit bigger now. <laughs> well, and, and it's <laughs> funny because when, when people ask me, like, what's your title? I, I almost kind of go through this while I'm a teacher because I feel like I always will be. I'm, you know, I'm a tech coach because I, I still do a lot of that work myself. And then now I'm a, a tech director um, because there's a whole team of people that are, are trying to make sure things are working well in the district, and it's my job to help lead that group of people. But, um, you know, I think that the, the, the difference between having, you know, coming when, when you come into a district versus switching a teacher role is um, one of the things that I notice is that, you know, just trying to, to make those relationships, some of the best ways to, to, that I've found that can make that happen effectively is in small groups and staff meetings or PLC meetings and things like that, because, you know, then you can target the conversation around what is relevant to that small group of people. I've also, you know, every once in a while I hear things like um, when, you know, tech coaches or people in this position say, say that, well, I'm not tech support or it's, I'm not here to like troubleshoot things. And I always say like, if that's what your teachers need, that's absolutely yes. what yes. Yes. So if I need to like fix your smart board or help you with Wi-Fi in order to remove a barrier and help you move forward with your day. That is 100% my job at this moment. Yeah, um, because you, you want them to see you as an as a help that when they see you, they think, OK, my blood pressure is going down immediately. You're here for me and whatever absolutely. that looks like. Yeah. And, and if it's yeah, if it is helping you troubleshoot rather than being like, oh, no, put in a work order for that and then keeping on walking like. Like that's, yeah, no, like that's not building, you know, trust with my teachers. That's not having empathy for where they are at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And, but that, but, but yeah. that only works if you're empowered to do so. I mean, I, I know so many tech coaches where their their IT department says, do not touch the printers. That is not your, that is not your role here. No. You, you do yeah. have the way that you, you never want to get called in and have somebody say, did you fix the printer? That's not your job. So sometimes, okay, well, I guess I'm in a different, um, so my old principal at my, um, at my middle school is now my tech director. So like the IT department is um, now led by an ex-principal, which is not always this, you know, not always the case. And it's somebody that I have a really good relationship with, but I won't fix printers because I don't know how, um, but it's something that, hey, if we put in a work order for that and it's not fixed, let me know and I'll follow up with IT. It's right. those things knowing that I'm here to support you. Even if I can't fix this problem, I'm gonna make sure it gets fixed. 
I think it's a good end, right? I think it's like, you know, if you, if even if the teacher needs it or their projector needs a new bulb and you're able to just replace that, I think it becomes an end. So then they look at you and they're like, you know what, next time I actually really have now this need or, right. or let me invite Nick in and let me talk to him and maybe he, he'll just want to brainstorm with me next time. Yeah. It's just, it, it's a nice segue. So I like that as well. And I, I can, I, I agree. Like for myself, I would never, to use the example, I would never fix the printer. But as Sadie said, I will quick call up the tech department right there in front of them and you know hey i'll hook you up one of those things whether i can do it or not but at least you're showing that look i got your back i'm here for you i'll be you know i'll be your liaison i'll be your i'll be your 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 person to help you out with this stuff i totally agree with all of that stuff and it's a nice ambassador piece too, Jeff, like you were saying, not just as far as ambassador to ed tech companies and whatnot, but I just know when I run into issues and I'm sure other tech coaches do it as well. And it's just the idea that reaching out to another tech coach, you know, like I'll text you, I'll send a message to Steve, you know, I'll post to someone else if I have a question or even a curriculum thing. If I know I have someone that I need to reach out to just because I want to get that answer for them as quick as possible. And, and I just know that that's just going to be another relationship builder. Well, that's like even relationships outside side of the school i have a twitter group chat with you know about five people across the country if anyone has a question that i can't answer i go right away and i'm like hey glenn Irvin, what do you think about this uh question how can they solve it and you know we get those answers instantaneously for them which is a great help so one of the topics that we've been discussing here on this show is about creating professional development topics. And in our last episode, you know, we, we had talked about creating great one-to-one, one-on-group, group-on-group. But this is the time for proposals, right? Like we just passed ISTE season. We're coming up on ASCD season, FETC season. All, all these different conferences are coming up. And, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that you can create a professional development course. Let's just say how to be awesome using Google Slides. But to call it something for ISTE is different than calling it something for an ed camp, which is different than calling it something for, say, your your fourth grade teachers. Um, do you guys have any tips and tricks on how to not only just create great PD, but let's just talk about the proposal process. Um, Sadie, what advice do you have when creating these things? Do you have a, a knack for, okay, if I'm going to create PD for my school, I'm going to call it this. But if I sign up for ISTE, I'm going to do probably the same presentation, but call it that. Um, I think it's, <laughs> it's definitely different. Um, I think, you know, when you're looking at things for ISTE or for, you know, our local ISTE affiliate, METC, any of those kind of bigger tech conferences, a lot of times those, um, I don't know, you want to, I think, I don't, I guess, I don't know, because putting the tool in the name a lot of times, I think it's, because when people are searching the app, they're searching for those tools or they're searching for those buzzwords, if we're being honest. And I know that the ISTE application says don't use buzzwords, but um, that's what people search that app for. But in my district, I try to like um, sneak in tech tools, um, but call it like formative assessment or formative assessment in elementary school or um, managing workflow in our special school district for our IEP and special needs students. Um, And then managing workflow turns into, here's how you use Google Forms and Sheets efficiently whenever you're tracking data on your kiddos, you know? Um, But calling it something that they're like, oh yeah, I need that. And then hiding the tech tool kind of behind it. Jen, what are your tips? Give us an example of of a PD session that you might do for your school, the same session you might do for ISTE, and maybe the same session you might do if somebody (laughs) hires you on the side. Same exact PD. How would you title them differently? Well, see, that's a little tricky because it's not usually the same exact thing. So when I'm doing something typically for a conference, I'm usually targeting a higher level, you know, more nerdy learner. And then I can get away with things that are um, more, you know, not something that would necessarily either interest or be familiar with staff in our school. So I'm presenting in the next couple of days, we have our big uh, MassQ conference here in Massachusetts. It's the ISTE affiliate and I'm presenting everything is awesome tables <laughs> and we're doing a whole Lego theme, uh, you know, slide deck and, and doing a whole, you know, hands-on session for people around awesome tables. But that's not something I would offer in my district because that's not a need that, that enough teachers have to make it worthwhile 
for the district, whereas in a conference, you've got enough of those people coming together. In the district, just like Sadie said, I, I really try to hide the, the tool or skill because the, I don't want them to be scared by me suggesting I'm gonna do something with spreadsheets or um, with Google Docs, let's say, because they think either I don't need any help with that or I'm scared of that. Instead, I really try to focus on the skill. So, uh, you know, effective um, feedback for digital writing might be the way that I get teachers in to teach them about some of the features within Google Docs that help them to give, you know, effective feedback, but are things that they didn't even know they could do. Uh, like leave voice comments and things like that. So I, I think that the title is really important and you have to think first about the audience that you're trying to attract and usually that helps to, you know, decide, give your, you know, give you guidance around what to, what to call it. So I, I like the title, Everything is Awesome Tables. I know. And I think for a mass Q or an ISTE, that is perfect. I but, love it. But maybe for your own school district, you might change that title to something like how to use Google spreadsheets to create a Gantt chart. Right. Or, yeah, how to make, you know, how to turn an ugly spreadsheet in a into a pretty data display. Exactly. So I'm not saying I wouldn't do it at all. But, yes, if I did do it. I would, I would totally change the title because they don't even know what an awesome table is. They wouldn't know. I think I called it like mine was like data dashboards or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even with me, you know, I'll put down breakout edu and half my group goes, what is that? Right. But then you go, how to create digital escape rooms using Google Forms and Google Sites. Right, and you go, right. ah, exactly. I want to do that. I go, ugh. Right. Get, get out to a conference here or there. Right. Um, Stephen, what, what, what do you use? Like, what, what's your what's your tips here? You know, what was really neat, like everyone's saying, you got to know your audience, you know, and it's also when you're writing the description of that title. It's very important, especially within your district. Last fall, I ran around, you know, Halloween time. It was the tricks and treats of Schoology, the tricks and treats <laughs> of Google Drive, just to give it a little, you know, like fall theme. But then in the description, you really lay out, you know, like you're saying, like, this is a trick you're gonna learn. This is the next one. So teachers that may not have, you know, like that experience with the technology, you're gonna get, you know, introduction experience. So they know what they're going to expect when they come to you. Um, and then going along with the with ISTE, ISTE, you're just going to see a title. Everyone, there's so many that's there at these big conferences. That's where you really got to make sure that title fits the needs of the audience that you're looking at. Because yeah. it is the, you know, yes, you're looking at the subject titles, but you're also looking at the presenters, but you're also looking at all of these other things. And, and that's why this is going to be a topic for a future Ask the Tech Coach. Nick and I are, are coming up with some pretty cool topics from here. Nick, we've also got a free giveaway to give to anybody that's listening because Nick and I right now are creating a fantastic looking spreadsheet that's going to help keep all of your PD sessions together. That way, when it is RFP season, request for proposals, you can go to this spreadsheet and everything's going to be listed there. And we're going to actually do our best to make sure we have all the major conferences on there so you can see where the conferences are, what the dates are, how to get a hold of them, how to do RFPs. We're really making this happen. We're going to have that show. Is that, I don't know if that's next week's show or the following week's show. Jennifer needs to turn her mic off, but that's okay. Um, so look for that show and that topic in the next coming weeks here over on askthetechcoach.com. Now, we have one more topic that I want to hit here because as we're recording this, we're coming up into Halloween pretty soon. I believe the next holiday is Thanksgiving, and then suddenly it starts to snow on the ground. I don't know about you, but I think... I've heard this said to myself a million times. It's the holidays. Please don't come back. Right? It's 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 a busy time of year. Don't don't bother with us right now. We're in that, you know, it's 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 the holiday season. It's it's assessment season. It's midterm season. It's what do you guys do during these busy months when the teachers are just oversaturated with everything holiday or midterms or assessments or end of the marking period? You have your job to do. You want to work with them. You want to get in their classrooms. And they're like, dude, I'm busy. Just back off for the next week or two. Um, Nick, what do you think about this? Because with your high school, we're coming up on busy time. We are. And, uh, you know, I, I thought you were going to start singing for a second because you were like, it's the holiday season. And I thought Jeff was going to take Rain off. But... On <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, 
I I try to abide by what they tell me. Obviously, if they're busy, I'm not you know, I'm not forcing myself into a classroom or whatnot. I think for me, I like to use that time as initiative time for me. So if there's an initiative or something top down, um, something that you know admin wanted to push as an idea or something that I had as far as a creative idea that I really wanted to to take the time to put together, um, then this to me finds is usually the best time to do it because um, I'm way too busy in the beginning of the year. And obviously when we come back from, you know, winter break and whatnot, teachers are gung ho and they want to get ready. And then wrapping up the year as tech coaches, we're managing hours and tracking PD and designing stuff for the following year. So this seems like the perfect time right before to take off when school comes back from winter break to, to follow suit on any kind of creative projects and things like that. Sadie, what advice do you have? You're in all of these schools. <laughs> Yeah. How do you survive? Um, honestly, um, that's kind of my business. I'm super busy during like the kind of before um, holidays or like during testing time and stuff, because that's when teachers are kind of, um, you know, they've kind of wrapped up a lot of the, the stuff that they're doing. And that's when I can go in and be like, so let's do some, you know, digital storytelling with Bloxels and, or let's do some fun breakout boxes or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so I've st- I stay pretty busy during those times. Um, it may be a different kind of busy. It may be um, trying new things, new fun, you know, different stuff rather than going in and helping like planning big projects and helping plan assessments and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I stay I, I feel like I stay pretty busy. Um, I kind of looking at my calendar now, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of booked through Thanksgiving at this point. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a good point, Sadie. I think like what you're saying, you know, just using that as an opportunity to get creative and try some of those things with the teachers that you just haven't been a formal thing that they've wanted to try in the classroom. Like you said, like right now I'm doing the same thing. Breakout boxes just seem to be a fun thing. Teachers want to take advantage of right now for me. So, and yeah. And if it's like a teacher that maybe has never done breakout boxes, I'm in their sure. never done breakout boxes. I'm not going to go in and say, Hey, second graders, let's do for your first breakout box let's do like you know two-step equations you know like i you know (laughs) let's do a fun one first so you understand the process so that next semester or next you know month or when you're in your next project we can do one that's that's content heavy so you already understand the process so i think using those times to do those intro activities to start those new things that then can be built upon later on once you get kind of back into the you know, I don't know. I don't know whenever you're not back in the school. Like I just, I have a friend, Colin, uh, who's a tech coach in a nearby school district. And he said, it just feels like everything's always on fire. Like it's never stopped. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. (laughs) And that's it for us, right? I think we just continue to go. So the the kids love the breakout boxes and what better way than say during a holiday celebration or, you know, like a Thanksgiving get together like Sadie saying, like, let's do a fun activity where, you know, they're learning the process. They're learning all about it from even the teacher too, from that point of view, get the teacher in on playing it from the student point of view as well. And they're learning it for the future. I mean, especially at an elementary school level, um, you know, the teachers, they, like Jeff saying, they have so much that's coming up that, you know, maybe you just want to help them like, Hey, what's a quick way that I can, you know, like, have the students write a letter to their parents. All right, well, while we're doing this, let me show you this real cool way to add pictures into Google Docs. And you're doing that with the classroom, which is great. Um, But like on my end, I created a course within the learning management system called Capture the Tech as a way as like, hey, these are four tech tools. Check them out at any time if you're interested in more information about them. You know, come ask me. I'll come sit with you anytime and we can go through this together and with your class. You know, that's the main thing here. We're all in this together. It doesn't matter what role you're in. We're one school, one community. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for your time. I, I love doing these roundtables because we get a chance to, to, you know, see what other tech coaching programs are doing. And, and Nick, I, I thought this was a, a pretty good one here. We have some great topics coming up next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about what it takes to do a great faculty or department meeting presentation. Nick, what are some of the topics that we might be looking at for next week with that with that in mind? 
Yeah, so we're going to look at uh, just kind of what goes into the, the design aspect of putting it together. Um, Jeff, I know we're working on something with that as well as a possible kind of giveaway or takeaway thing. Um, with that, that's going to be some type of model that you and I have used. It's kind of a combo from both of us, really, as far as what we do to, kind of, to create our workshops but we're going to talk about lecture and presentation and and workshop models and what's different between the three um we're going to look at you know school topics versus your tech coach topics which is kind of sort of what like sadie and steve we're hinting on when you get to these holiday uh, seasons on things that get to creative and things that you want to kind of push and, and try out. And then we're going to talk about keeping everyone interested when you're working with uh, a wide variety of grade levels and departments. And I'm not working in 16 or 26 buildings, but uh, <laughs> I've got it a little bit easier than that. But I think it's still the same idea, you know, two high schools, four elementaries, whatever it is, it's you got to keep everyone interested in the topics. There's a lot of things to think about here as we come to our tech coach. And of course, that's why we have our tech coach mastermind we're looking forward to our next meeting together we're going to be doing that at the end of the month uh, we're so looking forward to you know learning about the stuff happening with learning management systems we've also got our cohort talking about tech integration plans and how all those things fit in guys i want to say thank you so much sadie tech a, a quick moment here tell us a little bit about where we can find you and uh please plug your social sites and your website um, so you can find me on Twitter at Sadie Clorinda. So S-A-D-I-E-C-L-O-R-I-N-D-A. It's my middle name. Um, and my website is sadiecreates.com. I love the website. It's, it's a wonderful website, guys. Check that out, sadiecreates.com. Stephen Rayo, tell us a little bit about where we can find you. Um, also on Twitter, my handle is Stereo8. It's S-T-E-R-A-O-8. And I'm also on YouTube with many uh, like short video tutorials, and you can just search my name, Stephen Rayo, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-A-O. And Jen, once, uh, once again, thank you for coming on the show. It was great having you here again. Tell us where we can learn all about the great things happening with you. So I can be found on teachingforward.net, and my Twitter handle is teachingforward. And Nick, what about the great stuff that you're doing? Sure. So my blog, uh, edtechforay.wordpress.com, and always find me on Twitter at nameraledu. And guys, I hope you had a great time today. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 22, our October roundtable meeting. You guys can be a part of our November roundtable meeting. We're probably going to be recording it the week after or the week of Thanksgiving. We haven't quite set a date yet, but if you're interested, please reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Email us at feedback at teachercast.net. And of course, you can always leave a voice message over at teachercast.net cast.net slash voicemail. We hope you guys are having a great end to your first marking period. Please let us know how you're doing. We want to keep in touch with you. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always ask the tech coach. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the Nick camera. <laughs> that was on you. <laughs> and on behalf of everybody here in the teacher... And on behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury... And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.